You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. Helping Youth Enjoy the Christian Life with Pastor Mike Ray is the title of this Ministry 127 podcast. Pastor Ray served as youth pastor for seven years in Louisiana before becoming pastor of Hopewell Baptist Church in Napa, California for the last 22 years. Our Savior had joy. Uh, the night before his crucifixion, he said, let's sing a hymn. He had to have joy to want to sing the night before his crucifixion. The Bible says uh, he endured the cross. Uh, he, uh, 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 Jesus was with joy on that cross. He did not enjoy it, but he had joy, and that's what we need. I believe his disciples had joy. Uh, it was in the prison at midnight. Paul and Silas sang and praised God. I think that's why the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? you can sing and be happy during the trials of life it's something that'll help our young people not only that but the bible also said that the disciples uh, they accused them of being drunk uh, they said you must be full of new wine uh, you must be drunk uh, and i like what they replied they said no we're independent baptists it's nine o'clock uh, it's not time for us to be drunk yet it's only the ninth hour of the day <laughs> to me that's kind of a funny verse I like that other verse in the Bible where it says, and J.L. took the peg and nailed it, excuse me, uh, uh, nailed it through Sisera's head, fastening his temples to the ground. And then for the slow people, God says, so he died. (laughs) I've always thought, I'm glad God put that in the Bible so we would know how it turned out. (laughs) I like that verse in Acts. It's in your notes. It says, Paul said, I think myself happy. He is uh, in prison, he's brought before the king, and he says, oh, King Agrippa, I think myself happy. Uh, He must have enjoyed the Christian life as well. In our notes here, the introduction, teenagers go through what's called a boredom cycle. A boredom cycle. They get bored, we get bored. It's got to be bigger and better. For instance, tricycle's exciting for a while. Then it's the training wheel, two-wheel bike. Then it's the bicycle. Then it's the motorcycle. Then it's the automobile. Then it's faster. We cannot go back to the tricycle and be just as excited. We get bored. You kind of see what I'm talking about? Uh, The little swing set as a child is exciting. After a while, it's boring. Then it's got to be the uh, merry-go-round. Then it's Top Gun ride at uh, uh, some amusement park. Same thing in the Christian life. Uh, there's got to be some excitement and some enjoyment or these young people are going to be just bored. They're attracted, in your notes, by joy. Joy attracts people. People like to be around smiling people, not grumps, not grinches that stole Christmas. Jesus, I believe, attracted the crowds because he had joy. I believe the multitudes followed him, not just because he fed them, not just because he, he did the miracles. I think he smiled sometimes. Someone ought to paint a Jesus with a smile on him, not the gloom and doom and the long pink robe and the long hair and just a little scraggly beard. By the way, my brother used to look like that in the 70s. Uh, when the long hair came out, he grew the beard. He had the sandals and cutoffs. I'd be in the store with my brother Tommy, and I'd hear little children say, Mama! 
there's Jesus. And I'd say, if only you know it's the other guy. It's the opposite fellow. The Bible says in Psalm 126, then was our mouth filled with laughter. It's filled with laughter. Remember years ago, Brother House told the story. A woman stopped him in the store and said, thank you for saving my life. He said, what do you mean? She said, I had a gun to my head one day. I was going to end my life. Your little radio program was on coffee with the parson. And you started off by slurping your coffee. And you were laughing. She said, that's the corniest thing I've ever heard. She said, I started laughing. I said, I'm going to kill myself. I'm at least here and see who this guy is. She said, it was the corniest thing I've ever heard. You were laughing and cutting up. She said, I got giggling. She said, if someone can be that happy, maybe life is worth living. She heard him laugh in the store and said, I recognize your laugh. She said, thank you for saving my life. Here's what teenagers ask us. Is it fun? We're going to have this teen activity on Friday night. They're going to say, is it going to be fun? Now, like it or not, it may not be spiritual, but they are attracted by fun. Questions to ask yourself. Are you a fun person? How are we going to build a youth group? You better be a fun person. Years ago, we were at uh, a pastor's conference. Brother Gibbs was there, Charlie Craze, all their staff, their wives. I mean, one wife each, but, you know, two makes wives. And about 12 of them. And David Gibbs the second, David Gibbs the third, fourth, fifth, sixth. All of them were there. They walk in. We're sitting at a table. I've got some of our staff, some of our deacons. And my daughter, Faith, had this little bumpy-looking prehistoric, whatever that is, lizard about this long. I had it in my pocket, just thought I needed to bring it to the conference for some reason. I walked into Marie Callender's. I found the waitress. I said, here, I'll tip you big. Put it in the big man's food. Right over there. She said, I got it. We're sitting at our table. Ten minutes later, you hear a lot of laughter. I mean, a lot of laughter. Later on, Mike Zachary told me, Brother Gibbs, it was, it was in his rice chicken pilaf. He was talking and he stuck that fork in, picked up, and this, this lizard is facing him on his fork. And after the laughter stopped, we just heard, Mike Ray. <laughs> the entire table got up. Brother Gibbs comes over and puts his hand on my shoulder. He says, I've killed people for less than this. <laughs> we forget the whole thing. They sit down. Ten minutes later, they all step around, and they just kind of surround our table just kind of looking. I'm trying to look as innocent as I can, and, and I'm trying to look. What happened next, I'll never forget as long as I live. The waitress came up, took a gallon of iced tea, and dumped it on my head. <laughs> Brother Gibbs said later, all I said was, would you get him wet for 50 bucks? <laughs> he said, I didn't know she was going to dump a gallon of tea on you. I will never forget that. Are you a fun person? Number two, do you possess the dew of youth? In the book of Psalms, it says he has the dew of youth. Some people are old when they're 20. Some people are 80 and they never grow old. There's still that youthfulness in in them. We ought to be a childish, juvenile adult. There still ought to be a little child inside of you and there ought to be a little mischievous fun and and excitement about you. Some of us are just too, uh, too old too soon. The dew of youth. We were in a coffee shop recently. I was up in Alaska helping Sarah Palin control the salmon population. They're, they're real concerned. Last week, we were in the coffee shop with one of our good men. 
and I got a cup of coffee, and it was a couple teenagers the, at the waiters, and I said, hey, Steve, now what was the name of that movie you're starring in now? And he just said something. The whole atmosphere in that restaurant changed. He started to pay for his coffee. No, 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 sir, it's free. It's free. It's free. Uh, we thought we recognized you. <laughs> I've been on the plane before, and I've just said, ma'am, you don't know who I am, do you? Um... Uh, let me see. I thought I recognized. You know, people are just so funny. The, the dew of youth. Number three, do you laugh at yourself? No, excuse me. Do you laugh a lot? Do you laugh a lot? There ought to be something. Laughter's healthy. A merry heart. The word merry means light. Light heart is good. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine for others and for you too. Some of you are too serious. Someone says, how you doing? And you say, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you just need to lighten up a little bit. When I moved to California, I waved at someone. They pulled their car over and says, what do you want? I says, I was just waving. It's a southern, kind of a twitch with the elbow. Southern tradition. <laughs> I was in the airport one time and sitting across from a lady. And I said, uh, so what do you do for a living? She said, I'm a realtor. I said, huh. Did you hear about those free houses they're giving away? She said, what? I said, the free houses. She said, I haven't heard anything about that. I said, I got me one. You did? Is it here in America? I said, no, ma'am, another country. She said, where? I said, up north. <laughs> and she went on, oh, boy, she just took it. And she said, who gave it to you? I said, God. Then the conversation ended. <laughs> Wish I could tell you she got saved. No, 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 no. It didn't happen. Number four, you laugh at yourself. I don't have time to tell the story, uh, but uh, when I was little, I got off the school bus and, and I heard these words. There's a midget on the campus. And all day long I heard that. There's a midget. I said, where? There, where, there, where, there. I knew there were leprechauns, but I'd never seen a real live midget in my life. About that time, I had to get glasses. And some of you have heard the story. And they put the drops in my eyes. And, and the doctor said, you need glasses. Back then, uh, you either got the, the black professor glasses or the YRM Yoko Ono hippie John Lennon glasses. I got the black professor glasses. I blinked. I looked like a fly. Now I was a midget fly. About that time, chipped my teeth out. Had sharp pointed teeth, looked like a vampire midget fly. About that time, my feet started hurting, went to the footologist, got corrective shoes. Now, uh, you could hear me coming, the midget vampire fly. Seventh grader began stuttering. I, I could, 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 not, 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 not answer, r r r roll. Uh, the teacher said, who was the first president of the United States? I said, his name was, whoa, 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 Lincoln. She said, correct, it was Louisiana education. So, are you okay with how you look? You okay with your race? You okay with your stature? You okay with your hair color? Loss of hair? Hair ball fuzz is, was, the four stages of hair growth? Are you okay with that? If you're not, people know. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor. How much? As yourself. There's got to be something there. You ought to look in the mirror and say, Whoa, God had a good day when he made me. <laughs> but say it very humbly when you say that. Number five, I believe it's number five. Are, are, are your assemblies boring? 
Here's a public school teenager coming to our teen assemblies. He's just got away from MTV and Michael Jackson comes back from the dead and all these things and, and these, uh, uh, these uh, 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 websites. And, and then he comes and it's welcome to the First Baptist Church youth group. Open your hymn books. We're singing holy, holy, holy. And he thinks you're talking about his new jeans that have all these holes in them. No wonder they don't come back. We are dead. Is it exciting in your teen assembly when people come in and say, whoa, there's music playing, there's announcements, maybe there's a skit, there's excitement, or is it just dead? Glad you're here. Dismissed to your classes. Conviction all over it right now. Number six, are your sermons boring? So we're women, we're teachers. Are your lessons boring? It ought to be when we teach, they do not. Now, the word of God is not boring. It's a sin to make the presentation boring. And I hate to tell you this, Jonathan Edwards would have a hard time preaching sinners in the hands of an angry God in our junior churches next week. Back then, people had no distractions. They didn't have the television. They didn't have the radio. They didn't have the iPods. It takes a lot to keep people's attention today. If you're going to reach and teach young people, you have to be a half clown, half entertainer, a judo expert, backwards flips, acrobatics. You say, well, I just want the power of God. That's good too. But if they're sleeping, the power of God doesn't help them. What's that mean? How do you make your... Your lessons exciting or interesting. Make them practical. Remember, as a teenager, we had a guest speaker one time, 219 meeting. He spoke on the priesthood of Melchizedek. We didn't even know Melchizedek was in the Bible. He spoke two hours as we passed out. Didn't help me any. All I remember was I was scarred, with, scarred for life. And I've never preached on that since. Use attention getters. Do what you have to to keep their attention. Hit the pulpit. Stomp your foot. Did you see Brother Chapel jump up and down? Man, he jumped three feet. I've never seen him do that last. I said, wow. He's been working out. <laughs> Billy Sunday, they said, traveled a quarter of a mile to half a mile every sermon, running back and forth. You didn't go hear Billy Sunday. You went to see Billy Sunday preach. He broke chairs. He stood on top of pianos. But they didn't fall asleep. Now, I don't think the ladies have to do all this. Hey, you girls, that ass class! But there ought to be a little speed up the voice and slow it down and be real soft and be real fast. Sometimes you need a visual aid. What can be taught can be visualized. Just figure it out. Whatever you're teaching on, there is a visual aid. You say, well, it's not junior church. Tell you what, you remember messages that you saw. Or your sermons, boy, number seven, quickly. Are you a producer? Are you a producer? Why is the teen group boring? Because it's the same kids every week. Tell you why they're bored. There's no one new coming in. You get some new people coming in, and they're going to say, whoa, we better sing out, man. That's a whole group of new people. When I became youth director, I said, I'm going to get some new people in that church. We started... Uh, 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 teen soul winning. We started public school ministries. 
I set a goal to have someone walk the aisle personally every week. Had 714 people down the aisle in seven years, just every week. Here's my converse pastor. Here's two people I led to Christ this week. And after a while, the teenager said, look, our room's filling up. The youth pastor's bringing most of them. We'd like to figure out how to do that too. Then the teen workers say, wow, we'd like to help in that department. Our budget was $2 a week when I got there. That's how much cash flow was coming in to fund our youth ministry. After six months, one of our head deacons says, what are we doing $2 a week with the young people? Look at the teen group growing. Uh, uh, they jumped it up to $100 a week. Now, that really helped. My wife and I ate out a whole lot. <laughs> Here we are. We don't have a lot of time. Number one, the teens must enjoy being around you personally. They must enjoy being around you personally. If they do not like you, they will not listen to you. You say, well, God didn't call me to be liked. Well, good. Have an empty room. Number two, enjoy being in your office. If you have a little office at the church, they'd enjoy coming in it. Mine personally looks like a, like a taxidermy office. Some of those dead deer ended up in my office too. Had an alligator swim by my boat in Louisiana last year. I shot him in the head with a rifle. We took the blood, slapped it on our face like the deer hunters do. Hollered and screamed. Then the Lord took him home. I've got that alligator on my wall. I was in Bolivia. I saw this little stuffed monkey, little tree monkey. I didn't murder him. He was already killed, embalmed. Man, I brought him back. I said, that looked cool in my office. I got a little monkey. I got jaws from a great white shark. I got a 13-foot, 3-inch long alligator head. Not the head itself. You know, the alligator was that long. I, I got him there. I got tarantula. It's strange in my office. Got the hides of Africa animals there. Had, uh, uh, up to this week, had a uh, wild warthog head. And under his head, it just said, Brother Pumbaa. <laughs> and I put some Mardi Gras beads around his tusk, and it said, oh, what's that Bible verse? Uh, 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 a fair woman without discretion is like a pig with the... You know the story. But it just ought to be, man, this is cool. This is cool. Number three, they ought to enjoy your preaching. That doesn't mean you ask them what to preach, but it ought to be, he didn't put me to sleep. It was interesting. It was vital. It was helpful. It was relative. It's something that we could take home with us. Next under that, load it with personal illustrations. Load your messages with personal illustrations. You say, I'm not here to preach me. I understand. But they don't care a lot about Melchizedek. And they may not know much about Mayher Shalahashbaz or the two twins in Chronicles, Huz and Buzz. They may not care. Uh, how about that woman in uh, second, uh, Samuel, Hag? Oh, my sister's in the Bible. Okay, but uh, load it with personal illustrations. Billy Sunday said a religion that makes a man look sick will not win the world. So what's some activities you can do to help enjoy the Christian life yourself? Let me just give you several. And of course, enjoy. All of these would cause joy. Number one, we've already said it. Learn to laugh at yourself. <laughs> Learn to laugh at yourself. Number two, talk about your salvation day a lot. February 23rd, 1970. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 7 o'clock, Monday morning. Got on my knees. Accepted Christ, the Savior, little run-down neighborhood. When you get over that, you've lost the enjoyment of the Christian life. 
Roll back the curtains of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. You ever wonder, one little spin of the globe, and it would have been the Hindu person sitting in this room, and you would have been in India with the dot on your head, worshiping 360 million gods. It was not us. It was God's grace and God's mercy that did this to us. Number three, we must hasten. Bible and prayer. In thy presence or fullness of joy. Testimonies of the Lord are true. Rejoicing the heart. Number four, soul winning. It's been covered so much. You want to enjoy life? Get out and just knock a bunch of doors. Pass out enough tracks. You have all the stories you ever need. You'll never have to buy an illustration book. You have plenty. Number five, giving. God loveth the cheerful giver. It'll help you enjoy Christian life. Number six, avoid negative people. Avoid negative people. Whatsoever things are true, honest, just think on these things. Now, it doesn't mean you don't help negative people, but personally, I try to dodge them. I say, good to see you, brother. God bless you. <laughs> There's some people I've refused to baptize. I'm afraid they're so negative, they'll electrocute themselves to death when they get in the water. Number seven, church. Church. That's where you want to be. Church, a place of joy. Philip preached in Acts chapter 8, and there was great joy in that city. Number 8, live just one day at a time. Well, you don't understand the burdens. Man, I'm working a full-time job, and I'm doing all these ministries, got these problems, and I'm trying to help the teens. All you have to do is just today. Monday, Tuesday, not Wednesday, week, Thursday, month, Friday, year. If you've ever fly fished before, you see the fish, you pull out a little line, and you throw it, try to get that fly right in front of his nose. You don't pull out all the line and then try to fish. Some of us are living too many days in a row. That's why we're all uptight. We're all worried. Here's another one, uh, verse uh, 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 number nine. Be faithful to your ministry. Now, I know many of you are juggling things. You're not just the youth director. I remember years ago, Terry Angel was telling me, he said, uh, he said, he said for a long time I felt like a failure. So what do you mean, Terry? He worked for Larry Brown in Iowa. He said, man, we had like two kids in Bible college. I've been there for years. Two kids surrendered to preach. He said, you had 35 at one time. I said, Terry, what did you do for Brother Brown? He said, I was janitor. I was mechanic. I was bus driver. I was bus director. I was Christian school teacher. I was Christian school principal. I was assistant pastor. I was youth director. I was choir director. By that time, I'm saying, what did Brother Brown do? Uh, anyway... <laughs> And I said, Terry, look at me. Guess what I did for Brother Buchanan? Youth. Youth. I said, more is expected. That's all I had to do. So some of you have got many hats. Do not be discouraged. What you're doing in your church is a whole lot better than nothing being done in your church. God can, God can help them make it. This too, quickly. Be a servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Number next, be a reader. Be a reader. Readers are leaders. We hear that all the time. By the way, just several things. I think just, just some practical tools for you, for young people. Now here's a couple things. Definitely. This book was written, Basic Training for Sunday School Teachers. It'll be on the table over there. What we do, someone says, I'd like to teach. We hand them this book. How to prepare a lesson. Given an invitation. Age groups. Attention getters. 156 junior church sermons. Visual aid. I mean, it is all there. Just basic training. That's there. Here's something else. A tool. Some of you have had it for years maybe. Called or crazy. Just a youth manual full of ideas. Schedule for youth workers. 
the picture was taken like this. I was in a straight jacket. They were hanging me from a pole upside down, big group of young people around, and they just cut me out, dropped me on the cover there. And if you are working with teenagers, you are either called. If you're not called, you are crazy to do it if you're not called. And, that, and that's what that is. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Books are treasures to enjoy and they're tools to employ. If you're a plumber, you've got tons of tools. Some tools you'll use once a year, but you have to have them. These are simply tools to help us. What do you teach on on Sunday? How do you counsel a team? A lot of those things are here. Here's another one. This is brand new, the book of influence. We're influenced in many ways. We influence in many ways. Got a couple of chapters here, casting a shadow. Peter casting a shadow, influencing people he never met. Then the bow man that shot his bow killed King Ahab. That's what this is all about. Tremendous tools, lessons you could just teach in the young people. Here's another one quickly. Big days. I had to have a big day. Here's a church, averages 400. They have 1,000 on a Sunday, a big day, 200 saved. Here's another church, doubles, and they have eight saved. What's the difference? How come a lot of people got saved at one big day and not a lot of people at another day? Just a lot of practical ideas. Has two DVDs on the back, a carnival going on, a big day sermon using PowerPoint, visual aids, the invitation, the whole nine yards. Here's another one. God will make that trial, this trial a blessing. On the back, it's got a picture of a poker game, guns, whiskey. It's my dad's life story. It's on Unshackled. Uh, they made it into a two-part series. The Wednesday night, he was arrested. We saw it on nationwide TV. First time we knew anything about his life of crime. We saw him handcuffed, walk across the screen, made nationwide news for a week. What's this book good for? It's good for single parents trying to serve God alone. It's good for teenagers whose parents do not go to church. Uh, it's good for those that wonder, can we win the hard case? Tremendous book. My dad's still alive. He's 82. 82 years of age. Got saved. His last mafia payoff. The money bought the first church buses in the state of Louisiana. The mafia started the bus ministry in the state of Louisiana. All those stories are in that book. Here it is. The blessing. Young people who feel like they're not important. And that's why they go into immorality and gangs and things. It's simply a DVD message that deals with that. Here's another one. My son Stephen, our youngest twin, actually got invited to Thomas Kincaid, the famous artist, his 50th birthday party, and got asked to come up on the platform and show a painting he did. The footage is here. I tell the story about his Tourette syndrome, how he was all discouraged and stuttered and all the twitching, a little success story right here that's available uh, here's one 9016 and adult Sunday school lessons it's all on the disc just pull it up use what you want here's something else my daughter just this worth the picture alone wow looks like her father but anyway uh, it's got uh, uh, it's called God uh, 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 thank you for the valley uh, just all the encouraging type uh, music there call to preach for the preacher boys that's what we want we want young men surrendering to preach going into ministry here's a little book you can hand them and say, it'll tell you how to get a place to preach, how to prepare sermons. It's all right here. Let me give you the rest of the notes. I think we have about one minute, and we'll go from here. Number 12, finish. Finish. Paul said that I might finish my course with joy. What will help us finish? Uh, in the notes, I'll just give you the blanks here. Start what you plan to finish. Can't finish if you don't start something. 
We're going to have soul winning. You've been saying that for three years. Man, it's time to start something. Number two, do not get around quitters. Years ago, I called Brother Treber on a January 1st. I said, what are you doing? He said, throwing books in the garbage. I said, what? He said, I'm throwing books in the garbage. I said, what do you mean? He said, anyone that quit the ministry this year, I'm pulling their books off my bookshelves and throwing them in the garbage. Number three, do not look, think, or look, talk, or think back. Well, I want to finish. Don't look back. Number four, teach the teachable, reach the reachable. Do we have three minutes? Can we extend this? Okay. Okay, let's find out. Who has been in youth ministry to the point you invested a lot of time into some kid and they washed out? Would you slip your hand up? You feel like, man, what a waste. I spent all this time with this kid. Now, here's something that helped me. My first several years in youth work, all I did was chase the rebels. So-and-so ran away from home. We've got to find them. Running through nightclubs, running in the forest, trying to find these kids. So-and-so, I think on drugs. We've got to go search his room. I spent all my time with the rebels, taking them out to eat, and counseling them. And here's a whole front row of pastor's kids, little preacher's kids, and uh, 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 kids sold out to God, look like little chicks with their mouths open. Feed us. Lead us. Give us something. And I didn't give them any time. I said, fully on the rebels. I'll reach out to them from time to time. I'm investing in the good kids. Reach the reachable. Teach the teachable. Those that want to hang around you, invest in them. Those that are at soul winning, invest in them. That's what you want to do. It'll help you feel fulfilled. Five, surround yourself with uplifting music. When King Saul was depressed, David played the harp. When Elisha wanted to preach or prophesy, he said, bring me the minstrel. Let's get someone playing the music. It'll help your spirit. It'll help you enjoy the Christian life. Number six, save and review encouraging notes. When you do get that note, and we all get them from time to time. Thank you so much for being my youth leader. I wish you were my mother. That's sad. That's sad if you're the youth director. You get a note like that. I wish you were my mother. Anyway, you look like my mother. Anyway, ah. My, what big teeth you have. But when you get those little notes, don't say, oh, that's cute. You better file them. Because one day you're going to say, I'm ready to quit. You better pull out that notebook and say, oh, I'm special to somebody. Now I made a difference in this one's life. Praise God. That's what you want. Number seven, meditate on your favorite scriptures. Number eight, get around strong Christians. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. I like that verse. Some of you just wrote that. Some of you, you need a, Anyway, it's not a sin to hang around someone who's a strong Christian every once in a while. We need that. Number, number nine, claim God's promises. And then last, fill your mind with more preaching. When we're discouraged, we need to pop in a preaching CD. That's what we need to do. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast. Today's lesson was entitled Helping Youth Enjoy the Christian Life with Pastor Mike Ray. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.